Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another amazing session. I said amazing because I know it's definitely going to be amazing and insightful. Thank you for this opportunity that we get to learn your word. It is never to be taken for granted. Father, we ask that as we go through your word, as we search through your word to find knowledge, we ask that you breathe into it. We ask that through your word, we are instructed, we are corrected, and we we. We get insight on how to live our lives in a way that is pleasing, in, in a way that portrays utmost devotion to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes, so I'm going to be introducing Amen. Our, yeah. I'm going to be introducing our speaker for tonight. Um, she is Adeshewa Adigoke. Let me spotlight her. She is not new to BMD, like she is a very um known name here in BMD. She has been around for a while. And we're going to continue. And I mean, this month, um, the title of our um, um sermon series for this month is a flame. And she's going to be talking about the sermon title as a flint and how to basically talking about how to build devotional resolve, right? So I want us to pay attention. I want us to, you know, open our hearts to listen, right? And um, also participate so if she's asking questions please respond don't just meet your mic if you can if you can turn on your videos please do if you can't just pay attention um type in the chat if you if you want to say anything else something like that all right i'm going to hand over to her now over to you shara thank you very much vicky um uh, good afternoon everyone good night oh, good evening I, I think it's good evening i would say good night good evening um to those of us uh, Western time uh, in Nigeria. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I am grateful. Uh, I think it's only right to say thank you to the convener of this, uh, Pastor Ernest, God bless you, I am grateful. Um, and to every other person that is actively involved in putting this together, I know it's, it's not, uh, it's a lot of work. And so even though we don't tell you that we appreciate you, even though we don't say it enough that we appreciate you, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much for just putting in the work and, you know, doing everything you can to keep this afloat because it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to me personally. Um, and I'm, I'm sure every other person can attest to that. So thank you. God bless you. Okay. So, um, we're going to get into this. Uh, thank you so much for being here, every other person that is here. Um, it is my prayer. I know Vicky already prayed, um, but we can never pray too much. Uh, so it is my prayer that as we go into God's word, that um, we see the truth of scriptures, that we are corrected, you know, like she rightly said, that we are instructed in the name of Jesus, that, you know, we we, we are giving instructions unto righteousness and we get the courage, um, the strength to, to take the correction and actually um, do the work that needs to be done. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So um, 
like Vicky rightly said, um, this the theme for this month is a flame, a flame. And while I was putting this together, I was particularly excited about, you know, um, just just the the symbol used, the flame, right? Um, I like that it is very, very, very much descriptive of what we are going to be talking about today, you know. And so, um, you know, the use of a fire as a symbol for devotional fervor, um, I think is very apt. It is, it is just very, very apt. And so because of two things, because of two things. So when I think of, when I think of a flame, two things come to mind. And so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, what, what, are the, what are the things that come to your mind when, when you think of a fire? And whether or not it's pertaining to devotional fervor, doesn't matter. But when you just think of a fire, anybody, any takers, what, what what comes to mind? What do you think about the color heat? Hey, Modupe, please come and carry my notes. <laughs> um, yes, heat. The color, the color, and I, I think the color is also very apt. Um, what any other thing? Any other thing? Consuming. Hey, we have women of God in this house. Consuming. Um, you all are, you, you, you are right. Like that is, those are the things, you know, that come to mind. Burn, burn, burn. Thank you so much, Replica. Um, and so, yes, th- I think the first thing that comes to my mind particularly is heat, heat, hot. You know, however way you want to call it is heat. You know, when you think of fire, you just think of that heat that, you know, that it emanates, that heat that comes out of it. And so it should get you thinking if a flame is, used to depict devotional fervor heat should be involved and i don't mean that you douse yourself literally in flammable liquid and then just set yourself on fire god forbid but i'm sure you know you can you can tell where i'm going to with this but with heat it has in as in prayers as in constant prayers you know um we like to quote this scripture very, very much. James 5, I think 16b, that says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. And there's another um, version that says the continuous, the call, continued or continuous prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, makes tremendous power available. That means your continued prayer generates what? Heat your continued prayer generates heat. So when we talk about devotion, and I'm not just talking about devotion in terms of prayer, but as you can tell, prayers are a very significant part of our devotion or devotional favor. And so heat is involved. <laughs> heat is involved. As When you pray, your constant prayers, you generate heat, you generate power, all right? And so that's the first thing, number one, heat. Number two, um, Lola did mention the color, you know, I would put it this way, light, right? Because I think that the color also is one of the reasons why, it, you know, there's lights. Um, and so I, I have here lights, or you can say bright. So lights, bright. I try rhymes. <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. But um, light, right? And that's akin to illumination from the word of God, right? So when you think of fire, you think of heat, and then you think of the fact that fire generates light. So let's let's flip that to our to devotion. Um, with your devotion, there is heat. There should be heat. With your devotion, 
there is light. There should be light, right? And so these two things you cannot take away from devotional fervor. And, and so that just gets me excited. I feel like we did a very apt job in getting the right um, symbol, you know, for, for what it is we'll be speaking about this month. So these two things are very, 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 very important. All right. So specifically to the topic of today is as a flint, as a flint. And I have two objectives for this teaching. The first is to help you understand and realign your mental and physical disposition towards your devotion. Um, I'll take that again, is to help you understand and realign your mental and physical disposition. And that was intentional, mental and physical, because they should go paripasu, right? They should go hand in hand, your mental and physical disposition towards your devotion, towards your devotional fervor. And number two is to arm you with practical knowledge on how to, number one, reignite. And number two, guard, guard your devotional fervor. So it's one thing to reignite. Okay, number one, thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate you letting me know when I should repeat. Number one, to help you understand and realign your mental and physical disposition towards your devotion. So mental and your physical attitude, your mental and physical bearing, your mental and physical conviction towards your devotion, right? And number two is to arm you with practical knowledge on how to reignite and guard it or guard your devotion. How to guard, because trust me, you need to guard it. It's something we 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 actively have to do. So number two, to arm you with practical knowledge on how to reignite and guard it. And, and we're not just stopping at reigniting because I think reigniting is the easy thing to do, you know, reignite and guarding it. Um, we are always very quick to attend the next revival camp meeting. Oh, we love revivals. I think we, we Christians, we love revivals and revivals are good. They are good. They are essential. They have its place. However, I think what is even more difficult to do is to sustain it. And I think that is even the that is even the more critical thing to do. And I think that's even what we need the most, you know, in just helping ensure that we sustain our devotion. And maybe not even sustain at the right at the same tempo, but actually increase and just blaze, if I can use that word, blaze more you know, um, um, this, this devotion that we have, all right? So those are the two objectives that we have. And it is my hope that as we go on, those two will be met. All right, so let's go. Um, so when I was asked to, to put this together, um, or, or let me put it this way. When you saw the, 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 the poster, for those of us who saw it, as a flint, what was the first thing that came to your mind? I'm sure the first thing that came to your mind was that verse that says something, 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 something. I have set my face as a flint, something, something, something. Um, I think that that part of scripture is very, very um, popular, even though a lot of us, we actually don't know where it is. And that's OK. Um, but we'll be reading that, you know, just to set the ground um, and also to um, help us, you know, build on as we go. I think for me personally. The first time I. 
I remember consciously, or like I, I first of all, I heard the phrase consciously and it stuck to me, it was about three years ago. Um, I'd heard of it before, but it was always, I don't know, but consciously three years ago. And I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Mildred Okonkwo. And so I love PM. I'm sure a lot of us love PM. Um, and so she was talking about, you know, something. She, she had just said some unpopular opinion, scriptural, yet unpopular just because of the world that we live in today. Opinion about marriage. You know, that's typical Pastor M fashion. You know, just go there, break table, break tables and just... Um, just step back so she did that and and as you would expect you know all of twitter went wild you know that's typical twitter fashion those of you that are on twitter people are trying i'm not on twitter i don't know how you do it but god bless you uh in your endeavors <laughs> um so they, they went they went they went they went all up on 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 her i don't know vicky my sister. <laughs> um, and so they went all up on her. And I remember her saying this, me, I know scent. I set my face as a flint. She did this. And I can never forget it. I don't know. I think that's just the power of visuals, right? You know, she did this and she was like, oh, more, we focus, we gallant, that kind of thing. And it, it, it did a number on me, maybe not even necessarily in the context of what she was speaking about, but I think it just helped me, like it, it made it even make more sense what that phrase meant. I set my face as a flint, you know, even though I didn't even know what a flint, in fact, let's do that now. Who knows what a flint means? Please don't check Google. God bless you as you comply. <laughs> you will check Google later, but who knows what a flint is? If I, or maybe did you say, if you don't know what a flint is, please, you can just signify by raising your hand or something. You don't know what a flint is. Wow, all of you, you know? Wow. Okay. Rachel, please, yes, thank you. Is it like, is it supposed to be a hard substance? Like it a stone is. kind of? Yes. See, Ademola, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> A woman of God, yes, you are right. It is a hard um rock, um, but I will get to that later. I just, <laughs> I just had to, you know, just, uh, just had to do that because I didn't know what a fleet was, but I knew what it communicated. But I didn't know for some reason I thought it was a bird. You know the way the eagle's face is just straight like that. I don't know why, but that's what I thought it was. And then I, I got to you know research on what it is, and just like Vicky rightly said. A flint is a hard rock and you could go all scientific on it and give it all of those scientific names. Um, we're not bothered about that, but it is a hard rock, very hard. In fact, it scratches still. In fact, when I read upon it, it says at the time, you know, it was used to ignite fire. You know, so you rub it together with a spit steel or to both flint rocks together and it is used to ignite fire. And so the characteristic that is important here it's the, the hardness of it. It is hard and it is strong. And so I want you to just have a mental note of that hard, strong, right? Just put that somewhere. And, you know, as we go, we would bring that back up and we'll be able to put that into this conversation and so we can see what exactly, you know, we, we mean by that. All right. So let's just quickly go to Isaiah 55 to 9. That is where that popular phrase is. Um, please, uh, if you have your Bibles, let's just do that. Isaiah 50, um, 
five to nine. And I can just quickly read just for the sake of time. Um, all right. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I mm, actually let's start from verse five. I think context is good. The Lord God has opened my ear. Thank you very much, Vicky. Um, do I? Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Verse four, verse seven. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me, who will contend with me. Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they will all grow old like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Praise God. All right. So um, for those of us who are conversant with this scripture, um, I'm, or may, let me just treat it like, you know, we're not very conversant with it, but this part of scripture is, is a messianic prophecy. I'm forgotten what this, I think they, some people call it a messianic song or something like that, but it's a messianic prophecy. And it was a prophecy, um, you know, speaking to everything that Jesus was going to go through, just go through, you know, right before the cross, right? Um, the trial that he was going to go through. More importantly, speaking about the mindset that Jesus will have at that time. And so you can just read his resolute right, mindsets, you know, in this. He says, I think that's verse seven. He says, for the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Even in the shame of, even in the face of what? Shame. Even in the face of spitting. Even in the face of all of these things. He says what? I will not be disgraced. Therefore, because the Lord God will help me, therefore I have set my face like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. So this tells us that at, on right in the midst of all of the, the chaos, right in the midst of all of the trial, right in the midst of everything that was going on, it gives an idea of what was going in, in the mind of Jesus Christ, because this was exactly what was going on in his mind. You ask me, how? How do you know this is what Jesus was thinking about? Um, one thing we know for sure is that the book, this book of prophecy existed way years before Jesus came into existence. And even Jesus read the book of Isaiah. I'm sure we're very um, conversant with that part of scripture that said Jesus went into the temple after he had fasted and then for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he went to the temple and, you know, he asked, he took the, the, the scroll of Isaiah and he read that part of scripture that says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, just speaking word for word what was written in Isaiah speaking about his purpose and speaking about what he was here to do. So yes, Jesus read the book of Isaiah. In fact, most of what, some of what he said, you know, were directly lifted from scriptures, right? When he said, you know, um, all of these things that he said in the cross, right? 
they were lifted from scripture. So you, you can definitely tell that this is what Jesus had at the back of his mind. I have set my face as a flint, therefore I will not be ashamed. In the midst of this, I have set my face as a flint, therefore, that, therefore I, would not, I would not be ashamed. So this gives us an idea of what a flint is, right? Of what it means actually to set your, your face as a flint. It means you are focused. It means you are unwavering. It means you are clear, you are sharp on, on what is expected of you, on what is before you, on what you've been called to do. Jesus's ministry was clear to him and it did not deviate. And the same should be said, you know, about us. Our calling is clear. Our calling is not ambiguous. And so what? We will not deviate. And so what? We will not waver. And so what? We have set our face as a flint, as a flint, okay? And so something else comes to mind with flint. In fact, one of, one of the characteristics, because of the characteristics of a flint, at, in those times, one of the things it was used for was, it was used for weaponry. It was used to, you know, um, make spearheads, arrowheads, Axe, you know, the, the, met, the metal part of the axe, the axe head, that's what a flint was used for because it was sharp. Because it was sharp. Because anytime you break a flint, it's, it, it divides along, along the certain lines, you know, and, and pardon me if I'm not using the right um, scientific word for it, but it, it, it breaks, it's, it's, it cuts across along those specific lines and it creates very sharp, sharp edges that are used for. For, for arrowheads. So I would say that when you even think about a flint, what do you think about? Think about an arrowhead. Think about a spearhead. Think about a, 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 a weaponry device for precision. Arrowheads are not devised for just, okay, anywhere, anywhere. If, it, it's, they, they're very intentional in how they were, you know, built or constructed for precision, for precision unwavering and so that is what it should, that, that is the mental image you should think about in fact i would really actually like to show one thing um vicky can i share my screen is this something i can do uh hold on let me give you permission to share your screen or i can just share the link i just wanted to share um Another thing that you should have in your mind when we when we talk about a flint all right thank you very much you can share now gracias I'm sharing the right page. Of course I am. All right. So when, when this is a, a flint spearhead and it goes without, please wait, you can see my screen, right? Can you see my screen? Yes, yes. you can. Okay, good. Thank you. And so this is, this is, this is a, a spearhead made out of flint, right? And so when you see these things, what the first thing that comes to your mind is what? Precision, like uh, sharp, um, hard, unwavering you know with with a whole lot of um intentionality so that is that that that, that is what you that is the mental picture you should have you know of yourself when we talk about you know being a flint it talks about you being hard you being hard unmoved when i say hard i mean unmoved being intentional being unshaken being solid in your devotion in your devotion. And so a lot of times, the reason why we even call it devotion, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, is not because 
you know, when, when we talk about devotion, the first thing that comes to your mind is, you know, that's praising the Lord always. I think we do every day or every morning for those of us who have devotion in our houses or if you were in um boarding school, maybe that, you know, that time that you set aside to praise God um, in the mornings. And the reason, real reason, the reason why it's even called devotion is because of the consistency, because of the consist- consistent nature with which that is done. So devotion is not specific to the things of God. When we say devotion, devotion is a broad term and it means something, right? And we will, we will get to that. We will definitely get to that. All right. Um, I hope I hope you're following so far. I just wanted to be just get feedback to be sure that we are doing good so far. Yes. Good. Thank you so much. So um, when you look at this, this is the attitude, this is the consciousness that we are expected to have as believers with respect to our devotion to God, sharp, unwavering. And it is important to know that this is, this is God's expectation from us, or this is what God you know, expects us um, to have. And so finally, just to, um, not finally, but in this section. Um, so I, I went to arguably the best university in the world. <laughs> I'm sure Pastor Ines can attest to that because... Covenant University is the best university in the world. I don't care what anybody says, um, but uh, our anthem there's there's a, there's a particular line we have in our in our anthem, and it's the last line of our anthem, and it says, "God's own arrow shot for glory." God's own arrow shot for glory. And I remember every time we sing that last part, it's like people just go. We just go crazy about it. Now, it could mean we're just doing it for the vibes. A lot of us did it for the vibes. But I'm sure a few of us actually understood the implication of what that, that was, right? So short thought, not just for God's, um, for the work, you know, respect to ministry, but also short thought in terms of our devotion, with respect to our devotion. And so we are God's arrow. So when you look at this flint spearhead, that is literally how you should see yourself in the hand of the maker, unwavering with, with, with all of the intention that he has and he has put into, into you. You have the spirit of God. And so that is a lot of intentionality. And so it should reflect. It should reflect in our devotion. It should reflect in our disposition. It should reflect in, in our conversations. You know, praise God. So before we talk about why, why should I, um, why? Does it, does it matter? Does it matter? Um, I'll quickly give a very brief, um, a very brief description. Um, it's just imagine so, uh, someone that was sent to the market with a, what do you call this thing? A grocery list. Oh, you are going to the market, go to the grocery list. These are the things I want you to get. And then, you know, the person gets there. I'm just going to use myself as an example. She gets there and, you know, she finds, oh, this store has beautiful dresses. Oof, ah, time more. Okay, let me just quickly go and check it out. And then, as you know, one dress turns to two, turns to five, you know, and whether or not we buy it, that's another conversation for another day but we step out of it there and then, okay, yes, I have to go to this, I have this, you know, grocery list to this errand to run. And then we step, we go again. And then you see this nice 
I don't know what else is really nice and fascinating. Um, maybe I want to start a podcast and I can see this very nice, mad microphone, AirPod, no AirPod, sorry. What do you call it? Headsets. And I'm just like, wow, I need to look at this. And then I go into an electronic store. And from there, I'm checking this, checking that, checking that. I'm sure you can see where I'm going to with this analogy, because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, that can be, unfortunately, that kind of describes, you know, unfortunately, our devotion. Some of us, a number of us, you know, it's like we set our mind to do something. And then, ah, let me just sharply, let me just sharply, you know, let me, we just deviate here, we deviate there. And while there might be justifiable reasons, right, God's intention is clear. God's plan is clear. God's word is clear. And so that is not in alignment with God's word, right? That, that, that's not in, in, in alignment with God's intention. When at this point in time, you know, they are supposed to be studying the word of God, studying the Bible or praying. But there's just one thing that comes up, one thing that comes up. And the very thing that's the easy thing to knock uh, the devotion time. Sorry, something. Do I accept? Sorry. I got yeah, that. I'm going to I'm going to um, remove you from co-host okay. so that I okay. don't hear that sound. Yes, I'm done sharing screen. So that, that's fine. Thank you very much, Vicky. All right. So, um, so again, this just gets gives you an understanding even though it's a very cliche example it is apt it is actually very apt and yes we are saved by grace through faith and all of that and yes we are you know but guess what we have also been called to a life of devotion ephesians 2 chapter 8 to 10 ephesians 2 8 to 9 is definitely 8 to 10 is one of my favorite scriptures, you know, in the Bible, and a lot of us know it. Oh, we've been saved by grace through faith. I don't know if I, uh, let's just quickly read it just so we're not used to just quoting scriptures without actually, you know, reading them. Ephesians chapter two. All right. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So a lot of us, we like to stop the air and just say, uh-uh, I'm saved by grace now. I don't have to do anything. Uh-uh, just as long as I believe I'm okay. You know, that's all I need. Maybe the goal is just to enter heaven, you know, that sort of thing. And even though that's true, that is half true because that is, that, that, that honestly is, permit my word, it's probably an irresponsible way to think about it yes you've been saved by grace yes it's not work that saves you but guess what the next verse verse 10 says we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so yes this talks about ministry undeniably but also talks about your devotion your koinonia with the spirit of god right your devotion. You were created for that, for that, for that relationship with God. And so you are his workmanship. And these things, this expectation God has prepared before, this expectation God has for you beforehand. He wants you to walk in them, right? And so if we just stop at verse nine and ignore verse 10, we can see that we'll be doing ourselves a whole lot of disservice. We'll be doing ourselves a whole lot of disservice. So just to wrap it you know, everything that I've set up until this point, right? God has shot you as an arrow. However, do we really see ourselves, right, as an arrow? 
do, do we do we have that understanding? Remember, one of the objectives is what is to help you understand, right? And so it's with the understanding that we're starting off with. Do we see ourselves as an arrow? Do we do we visualize? Do we visualize it? You know, every time Apostle Paul, you know, wants to correct the church in his epistles, he would speak about their reality in Christ Jesus. Let them know who they are. Let them know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let them know that this you are, this you are, this you are, this you have the Spirit of God in you. And then he would say, having known all of these things, how can you now do this? You should let your actions fall in line, fall in line with all of this. So. God has created us as arrowheads, I'd say, spearheads, right? Do we see ourselves that way? Our actions really, our devotion, is that in alignment with God's expectation? So, yeah, we, we should take a minute to think about that. You know, that, that there's a goal. And in getting there, consistency is required. Tenacity is required. Intentionality is required. It is expected of you. It is expected of you as a believer. Praise God. All right. So, so why? Like, like I said, why, why should I be Jim Jim? Um, I don't know. I, I believe everyone understands what I what I say when I say Jim Jim. You know, local balance for overdue. Ah, that's also local balance. <laughs> um, local balance for zealous. Yes, that's English. That's that's more Queen's English. So, local balance for zealous. Must I be zealous? Must I be serious? Why? Um, and before we delve into that, the first thing I want you to do is you need to get past that limit that you have set in your mind against how committed you plan to be to spiritual things or with spiritual things. You know, a lot of times in our minds, we've already set a cap that there is no spirit that can move in this building. Now here, oh, oh God, I beg your pardon. I'm standing. I'm, I, I'm standing. I'm not going to... Neil, oh, I'm not going to fall, or oh, I'm not going to cry, or oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the most. That's just doing the most. I beg, like God can hear us, you know. Da, 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 da. Unconsciously, we have that in our mind, and it's important that you get that out of your mind because, because why not? Why not? Why why can't you give your all in the place of prayer? in the place of worship, in the place of studying the word. Why can't you give your all to the one that gave his all for you? He literally, like, to the one that sent his son to die for you, to the one who was had his face set as a flint when he was being beaten. You know, why? Why can't you do that? The only reason why you are where you are today is because of the grace of God, the grace that he gave just not caring about any other thing and just being focused on, you know, what his purpose was. So why can't you? Is it the shoes? Is it, uh, is it the bag? Is it the dress? I'm sorry. I know your Tom Ford is very expensive. I know your, I don't know any other, um, what's it called? Designer again. Please help me out with designer clothes. Shoes, Jimmy Choo. Is Jimmy Choo still the... The, the issue, I believe so. Um, and so please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like these things are not good. These things are good. They're good. And you, you know, if you can afford it, of course you should. But when you are in the place of prayer, when you're in the place of and when in the place of worship, or just when you are just in a place, what I mean place, I don't mean a physical place. I mean 
you know, a consciousness. It can be in your house. It can be in your room. It can be anywhere. Whenever, you know, that is going on, there's more. There's more. There's more than what we have on. There's more than the person standing next to you. There's more than the guy standing next to you. There's more than the lady standing next to you. You know, it is God. That There's more to press for. There's really, really more to press for. And so, in fact, we've realized, or I dare say that those who give their all in the place of devotion, they get the most out of devotion than those who do the barest minimum. So when you when and I keep using church as a scenario because I think it's something we can all um, uh, connect with, right? You are in church and then there's someone who is giving her all, and then there's someone who is like, oh, okay. I bet you at the end of service, the person who who gave her all gets the most out of it, gets the most out of it than the person who did the barest minimum. And so if you, if you want to get the most out of your worship with God, ask yourself, are you giving your all? Are you really giving your all? And if you're being honest with yourself, it's because you're not giving your all. Because even the Bible says what? That if you earnestly seek me, you'll find me. Key phrase there, earnest. Earnest, right? If you seek, you would find. Say so if you seek me with all of your heart, with all of your heart, though, not if you just say, if you seek me with all of your heart, that is favor. That is favor. When you do that, you'll find God. And that is the disposition we should have. That is the mindset you should have. If you can conveniently be in a gathering and be okay with just walking around or just, then check it. Then check, then, 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 then what are you even doing? <laughs> No, then what are you even doing? Why? Why would you do that in the presence of the king of kings? In the presence of God? Really? You know? And so these are questions that we should, we should have in our hearts, in our minds. Just these are things we need to renew our mind towards. Renew your mind towards that. Anything that is against your commitment to spiritual things, that is a problem. And so we have common quips that people say, ah, it's not that serious. Ah, this in local parlance, Namiku Jesus. In more British English, I did not kill Jesus, I guess. Like I wasn't there when he was when he was being killed. But guess what? He died because of you. So technically, yes, now you killed Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if you understand. Technically, now you killed Jesus. So yes, you have to be serious about your devotion, right? And some people also say it's a matter of the heart, as long as as long as he ha- Jesus only looks at the inward. And so it's not about your gymnastics. Excuse me. You know, when Scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, I believe also means out of the abundance, your out of the abundance of your heart, your actions depict, if I can say that, your actions depict. So if if your actions are not correlating, then your heart really is not in alignment. Then then, then you're really not um con- your conviction is not is not is not there, right? So I hope the, the, the goal is for you to just renew your mind. Get 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 that off. There's no maximum that I can, I'm supposed to be. There's no, ugh, I cannot be doing too much. I cannot do too much in the house of God. In fact, when I was in school, there was this lady in, in Covenant University then. 
And then it felt like she was doing too much. And please, let me, let me just put this disclaimer. I'm not saying just because you see someone jump from left to right, that means, yes, it's devotional fever. Because it's not. I mean, I mean, it's not just about the outward appearance. Yes, do you understand? But your inward appearance would reflect in your outward appearance. It's not just about, because people can do it for sure. Even the Bible says it, that when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites that will stand out and they will pray so everyone can see them. Bible says what? They've, they've gotten their reward. You want everybody to see you, everybody will see you. So it's the same thing. I'm not saying we do these things because, you know, you want people to see you, right? It's, 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 it's beyond that. It's beyond that. It's beyond that, okay? So I hope this just helps you renew your mind, renew your mind on the fact that when it comes to God, nothing is off limits. When it comes to God, nothing is, nothing is, is off limits. Nothing is off limits really. Um, so don't, yeah, I, I hope that bless you just so we can proceed. Um, all right. So we talked about, um, um, we're talking about why, why. So number one, the first thing I said is get that off your mind. That is a limit you should have with devotional fervor. Um, number two, it is why? Because it's God's expectation of you as a believer. God has called you to a life of devotion. God has called you to a life of devotion, a life of devotion. So I said you know, a few minutes ago that devotion is not just specific to the things of God. If you look at the dictionary meaning of devotion, it means, oh, did I mention this? Love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, an activity, or cause. I'll take that again. The meaning of devotion is love, loyalty, or enthusiasm. I specifically, in fact, underlined the word enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. So it can be anything. And so just seeing this, you see that the average, in the, not the average, every person is devoted to something. Every person is devoted to something. It can be anything. It can be school. It can be work. It can be money. It can be sports. You see that sports? That's the corporate for, for a, number of, a number of people. It can be movies. I'm not going to shake the way here, but movies, you know, um, it can be just laziness and vibes. Some of us are devoted to just cannot come and kill myself. That's your devotion, right? So, Vicky, I'm not going to say I had you in mind. <laughs> and I'm just kidding, but because I, I just know you're like an, a lover of Korean drama. So I'm not I'm not coming for you, Vicky. Please, please, ma. <laughs> um, but 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 you know, we 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 are devoted to. To one thing, one you cannot say, well, I'm not a man of devotion. No, sir, you are a man of devotion. It's probably sports. It's probably your work. It's probably the, anything just to get money, right? That is your devotion. And what are we saying here? That yes, we just agree that a man has a devotion. Number two, you should stir your devotion in the right in the right direction. Stir it. Staring. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to school anymore. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to work anymore. That's it. That's that's far from what I'm saying. These things are means. It's a means to an end. That's the, the truth. Your devotion should be rightly placed. There's a priority in the order of things. There's a priority in the order of things. We are here again as believers because 
of what God has done. So let your devotion reflect that. Let your devotion reflect that. It was said of Jesus that, oh, and we saw this phrase in scripture. I'm sure we've seen this phrase in scripture. As his custom was, you know, as his custom was, he went into the tabernacle because that was his devotion, right? Same thing was said, Paul, Apostle Paul, they will literally send him away from one place and the next day he's somewhere else doing the same thing. That was his devotion. That was his devotion. And that should be our devotion. That is that that is that should be our devotion. It's not too much. It is not too much. And nobody should make you feel like it's too much because it is not. It's just if anybody thinks that way, it's a function of knowledge. It's just it's really just a function of knowledge, knowing what you've been called to. All right. Um, and so it's just a law that the more attention you give something, the more value you get out of it. The more attention you give something, the more value you get out of it. The more attention you give to your work. Of course, the more value you get from it, you get better. You probably be, you just, it's, a, it's, it's, what's this, I've forgotten this law, you know, I guess something they call the tipping point or something where you have to, you have to invest a certain amount of hours before you, you know, get there. And so the more, what I'm just trying to say is the more time or devotion you put on something, the more value you get out of it. So it's the same thing with our devotion to God. Oh, I don't know my devotion to God. Every time I pray, it's not like it's shaking the ground. I'm not this, 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 this. Well, just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. And because and it's so, we are so lucky because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He rewards. So whether you feel it or not, whether the prayer is shaking, whether, no, whether it's shaking or not, whether you feel it or not, it is doing something. It is doing something because God is a rewarder. He, he is a rewarder. And so this should be our custom, our devotion. This should be our devotion. Um, it, it's not always waiting for the spirit to move before you pray. No, you, you, because it's your devotion, you are like clockwork. You do it. You do it. You do it. Even if, if that means setting an alarm. And the hope is that you go beyond that alarm. The hope is that the alarm, they are just like, um, what do they call those? Training wheels. Yes, they're like training wheels. And after that, you don't need alarms anymore. You know, you pray because you should, you know. And what I was saying about the more attention you give something, the, the, the more you, but the more you do something, the more you want to do it. Um, just like the famous songwriter says, the more I know you, the more I want to know you. It's the same thing with devotion. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. The more you study, the more you want to study. And it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on like that. And so that is God's heart for us. That, that is God's heart for it for us. So number three, um, how uh what is God, what's this attitude I must have, right? Why? What is this attitude I must have for um for devotion? Be sober. And so it is it's almost intertwined with what we've said about. A life of devotion, but I intentionally separated this because I wanted to say a few things about this. Be sober. Be sober. You see, this instruction is one of is, is one instruction that appears a number of times in scriptures because of its importance. And so when we hear be sober, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, sad. Oh, like <laughs> That's not what sober means. Sober doesn't mean you're sad. You're not talking to anybody. You're just like, 
you're just shaking your head constantly because that's not what it means to be sober. You know, sober just pretty much means being fervent, be serious. That's what it means. It means be serious. That's what being sober means. So when it says be sober not and should not be drunk in wine, it just means because being drunk with wine will take away that seriousness from you. It will take away that intentionality, you know, you being in control of, you know, your actions and everything that you're doing. So that, that that's what being sober means. Be in control. Be serious about it. Be be be, be serious minded. Be focused. Um, I have another word. Here. It says be vibrant. That is what every Christian must be. You must be vibrant. You must be serious. You must be sober. So and, and that, that's what being sober means. That's what being sober means. Let's just quickly go through a few scriptures that talk about being sober. Um, First Timothy three verse two. Praise God. Praise Jesus. First Timothy 3, verse 2. Um, I can just quickly read that. It says, a bishop, uh, a bishop must be blameless, the man of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, 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 of good behavior, hospitable. So we see an instruction here that you should be super minded. You can say, I am, that's a bishop now. That's, that one is not my concern or that's not my business because I'm not a bishop. Well, there are other scriptures that show. Let's also look at um, Titus 1, 78. Titus 1, 78. So we've, we've seen a bishop being a spiritual leader, right? Um, Titus 1, 78. It says, for a bishop must be, oh wait, are we, is that it? Is it not the same one? Oh, is this, okay. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violence, not greedy for money. Um, be hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, sober-minded. So we see that again, sober-minded. Titus 2, from verse 2 to 3. Now let's let's go beyond the bishop. Let's spread. Let's, let's see other... Um, so that's talking about spiritual hierarchy. Now let, let's just go up, go into demography of people, right? Titus 2, 2 to 3 says that the older men be sober. Older men be sober, reverence, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, home, sorry, I beg your pardon, oh, sorry about that, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be what? Sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility and on and on and on and on and so we've seen the older men we've seen the older women we've seen the younger women and we've seen the young man i'm sure we all fall into at least one of these categories that means nobody is excluded nobody is excluded so be serious with your work with god be sober be intentional you know be intentional be sober about it and this 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 these expectations are not impractical they are not in If they were impractical, we would not be given as instructions. It is the way it is. You know, when it's time for prayers, stand up, pray. If you're having a conversation 
and this the conversation, the gist is, is on fire. Stand up and pray and go and be on fire yourself. <laughs> Stand up and go and pray. You know, if whatever it is you're watching is eyes ah, at the climax, stand up and pray because that's how it starts. Look, I'm talking from personal experience here. That's how it starts. It starts with one thing, one thing. Oh, okay, let me just give it 30 more minutes. Oh, one hour. And then before you know it, it loses its value. It loses its value. And then that is always the first thing that you are quick to knock off in your, your priority of things. You, you just say, mm. Okay, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. And then when you're done, you go and rest on your bed. And you're like, and then you wake up the next morning. <laughs> you wake up the next morning. That's not God's, that's not God's heart for us, right? That's 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 not the instruction. The instruction is to be serious. Because if you think about it, okay, what is it? What 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 else? The conversation, you can come back and meet the conversation. Nothing is going to happen. The movie, you can come back and meet it. Nothing is going to happen. Do you understand? It, it just shows, it really is a reflection of our priority. I know I speak with a pastor and he tells me, Shewa, fight back. He, he uses this word a lot for me. He says, Shewa, fight back, fight back. Even if you have legitimate reasons, fight back. You see that one hour that I used to do something else, I'm not going to sleep before, you know, fight back, fight back. Because that's how you guard it. You cannot, it is too, it is too valuable for you to just be wishy-washy about it. Be wishy-washy about it. And so it's, it's the same thing with even responsibilities in church, right? When they ask who wants to do this thing for us, you should really want to say me, I will do it. I, sir, I will do it. And not shy away from responsibility because I don't want anybody to know my face in this church. Or, you know, it's not a matter of being everywhere. Excuse me, sir. Be dear. Be there, contribute. That is being serious-minded. Be there, right? And so even to, like, when Pastor told me, oh, okay, you're going to be taking us this thing. And then the part of me wanted to say, ah, no, Pastor, are you sure? No, 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 no. Something was like, wait, what's, it? What, 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 what's that? Okay, thank you, sir. Yes, I will. Because that is the mindset we should have. That is the mindset. You should be the one to ask, what can I do? What can I do? Because I'm serious about this. Because this is life. I'm serious about this. And so this is our expectation. This is our expectation. And you don't have to unmute yourself. If you want to unmute yourself, that's good. I just want us to just say this to ourselves. If you're, obviously, if you're a man, you say you're a man. If you're a woman, you say you're a woman. Say, I am a woman of devotion. I am a woman of devotional fervor. And I take my devotion very seriously. So please say to yourself, I am a woman of devotional favor and I take it very seriously. I take it very seriously. Okay. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Um, so we've established what we, God's expectation. All right. I'm a woman of devotional favor. I have set my face as a flint. Come on. I'm this. Hey, I'm this, I'm all of that. And that is good and nice. However, it's also important for us to be aware that we are in this world. We are in this world. And because there's God's plan, there is the devil's counterplot. There is the devil's counterplan. The devil always is out for believers, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. There is a counterplot by the devil to keep you from the actualization of God's expectation of you to keep you from, from this life of devotion that God has called you to. So 
the devil is out there, guys. He's there. And he knows that you just made this, you know, this resolve. And if you think for a second that he will not try to take that away from you, you are mistaken. If you think he's not going to do that, you are, you are, you are so mistaken. Because it, it, the Bible tells us, and, and it's a good thing. It, it's good because the Bible, the Bible tells us ahead of time. So we are not ignorant. We are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We are not ignorant. We are not ignorant. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, um, 10 to 11. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11. Again, we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Praise the Lord. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That's what you may be able to stand against what the wiles of the devil, the wiles of the devil, the wiles of the devil. It is called a wile for a reason. It is called a wile for a reason. And at the risk of sounding very, the Greek word is, the Greek word is, I'm going to say it anyway. The Greek word for wile is methodia, right? And when I checked, you know, what it means and the different places where it was used in Bible, um, methodia means cunning arts. Let me say that very well, cunning arts. <laughs> cunning arts, right? Or deceit, craft, trickery. It says to lie in wait, right? You see that in Ephesians 4, 14. To lie is the same word, to lie in wait. So the devil is going to be coming at you and it will not be obvious. He will not come with two horns and smoke. You know how smoke, smoke will first fill your sitting room. <laughs> My dear, no, he's not, he's not doing any of that. He doesn't have, he, he's not about the theatrics. He knows it's not about that, right? He's going to be coming for you. You know, in, in his crafty nature, trickery, it would not be obvious because if it was clear and obvious, it would not be called deceit. If I'm coming for you, for example, Lola Day, and I really want to harm you, and I'm not making my intentions unambiguous, like I'm not, I'm, my intentions are very clear, that's not called deceit. That's just you showing me what you want to do. That's, that's as clear as day. But if I come to you and maybe I, try to be your friend, make you look like we're together and just, you know, massage a number of things and just, you know, just do all of that. Then that is what we call a while. That is what we call deceit. So I say this to say, when you expect the devil to fight your devotion, don't expect, it to, expect him to come in a dramatic fashion. We always expect dramatic something. He's not about that. It would be Innocence, it would be suggestion. Oh, it's not that serious now. But you when you prayed yesterday, uh, and now, and you said your, your prayer is effectual. The one you said did yesterday is effectual. Now, are you now doubting God that the one you did yesterday is not effectual? Right? The devil can use oh, in the gray. God bless you, Lady. It's in the gray. It's in the gray. And so it can be in, even in conversations that you have with a seemingly, not, I don't want to say seemingly, but someone who is also spiritual you know just uh, it's i mean it's okay it's okay it's okay you know it's okay it's not you know making excuses for it it's in those innocent suggestions that the devil comes in the devil comes in um because take for instance peter 
when Peter said, ah, Jesus, you shall not die but live in the mighty name of Jesus. When Jesus said he's going to die. So Jesus, you shall not die. What did Jesus say? He says, get behind me. Like, like he, he, he called him the devil. He called Peter the devil, not because, the de- you know, Peter was the devil, but because his utterance was influenced by another spirit that if it was the spirit of God, it would have been in alignment with God's plan, which was for the death of Jesus Christ. But because it was contrary to that, that those are the wiles of the enemy. So you should, that's what you should expect. You know, expect the devil, you know, just find his way. Oh, you know, innocent suggestions, innocent from well-meaning people, from your mom, your dad. And please, I'm not saying your mom is possessed by the devil. I know we know that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> From your sisters, your brothers, your friend, your loved ones, your partners. Ah, he's okay now. He's okay. Ah, okay, you do tomorrow. Must you do today? Those things, it is from the devil. If you cut it, there's there are no two ways about it. It is from the devil, right? So, so be, be be aware of that. So when that happens, no, I see you. No, I'm going to pray. Or mm, I see you. No, I'm going to study my Bible. That is it. It's it's with knowledge that you are able to withstand. It's with knowledge that you're able to withstand. Um, so yeah, those innocent suggestions, distractions, distractions. I know I struggled with this a lot. I struggle with this a lot. Distractions, social media. Yes, I'm coming dear. I'm coming dear. I'm coming dear. <laughs> social media is good, but it's also problematic. Like I say something, if you, if you don't have like a business you're promoting on social media, it's really not giving you value. Again, this is just, this is not doctrine, please, please. This is just, this is just anything that will take from your time, anything that will take from your time, social media, you know, it just, has it ever happened to you where you start scrolling and before you know it, four hours, you're still on that bed. Hey, blood of Jesus. That's what happens. Content platforms, YouTube, Netflix, you know. These things, they don't have the devil written on it, but you can tell that that was his purpose because you can never run out of content on Netflix. You can never run out of content on YouTube. That was what it was created for, for you to stay there, for you to stay there. And so you can see if this is the will of God and this is what the goal of this is, this is the devil. This is the devil. This is the devil. Praise God. But finally, um, loss of reverence. And I'll just breeze through this. Um, meaning how is this influence of the devil in, in battling our devotion? How is it manifested? Loss of reverence. Oh, I'll pray later. Or oh, I'm in God's house and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just doing whatever I can. David danced with all his might. Why should you not? David danced. He danced. In fact, he was scorned. He was despised because of his dance. Why? Why is yours prim and proper? And again, I'm not saying you should just act irresponsibly, no. But I'm saying your devotion should show. Your devotion should show. Your devotion should show. Why should I set my face as a flint? We've talked about um, 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 how the devil distracts you. We talked about God's expectation. We started by talking about God's expectation. We talked about how the devil distracts you. And I was talking about why, right? Number one, because of time, I'll breeze through this. Um, because of the one that has called you is God. He's not, he's not a man that is here today and dead tomorrow. He's not a cause in this world that 
is what they call it is it has its times and seasons. It's not a cause. It's not a mundane cause. It is God. That is why you should set your face as a flint, disregarding the distractions because of God. Number two, because of the hope of his calling, because of that hope that we are looking at in front, that, hey, what we are looking at, because of that hope, knowing that, knowing that the day of the glorification, our bodies will be changed, that we'll meet Jesus. And so that alone just helps you set your affections. It helps you set your affections. A lot of times we think, ah, when we see Jesus, we'll just say, ah, I mean, I make up. I tried. I made it. Wow. You think you think that is all that would um would would be in your head. But really, what would be in your, your mind is you would see the glory of Jesus and you wish you did more. You get it. You see the glory of Jesus and you say, ah, what did I do with my life when I was here on earth? Right? That is because you'll be so mesmerized by him that you, you'll be happy that you are there, but you would also be like, wow, ah, I wish I can go back and do more. I wish I can go back and do more, but we won't. So devotion of favor because of the hope of his calling. Number three, because you have an enemy, because the enemy is after you. We've already talked about this. First Peter 5, 8, I won't go into this, but because you have an enemy, because you have an enemy. Um, finally, how do I set my face like a flint how do i combat the wiles of the enemy how how do i do it um number one we've already talked about this is that what and you might have heard everything i said i'm like mm, which kind of enemy is no enemy mm, they're calling twitter enemy now mm, they're calling netflix enemy now and it's easy to say that but you need to settle it in your mind that anything that fights for the space of god in your heart and fight for his devotion is an attack from the enemy. Again, like we said, he's not going to come with you with drama. He's going to come with you, come to you like in the most mundane, ordinary things, most rational. It will sound, it will be, it will sound rational, but it is an attack from the enemy because it is contending for the space of God. You know, it is contending for time, you know, from that that should be spent with God, right? So first of all. Settle it in your heart. Agree, point blank, simple that it is. And once you once you have that perspective, you are able to pinpoint it from a mile away and just act accordingly. But if you still have in your mind that, ah, well, it's not everything that is the enemy, then your conviction is not strengthened. And so even when it comes to you, you are not solid in your decisions, right? So have it in, just settle it in your heart. There's an attack from the enemy, okay? Number two, um, be steadfast. First Peter 5, 9 says, I think we just read, oh, First Peter 5, 9. Uh, uh, let's just quickly read that. First Peter, and I'm looking at the time. So First Peter 5, 9. Uh, it says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist the devil how by your steadfastness in the faith meaning it is it is your steadfastness in the faith that resists the devil how your 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 consistency in the faith 
because you are always, you know, immersing yourself in the word of God, you're able to detect him from a mile away. Because you stay prayed up, you're able to know what exactly, you know, his wiles are. You're able to constantly know what God's, intention are, what God's intentions are. That is being steadfast in the, in the faith. Being steadfast in the faith. That is how you resist the devil. That is how you resist the devil. That is how you resist the devil. So be steadfast. Resist him by your steadfastness. By your steadfastness. Um, number three, set your members as members of instruments. Oh, sorry. Set your members as instruments of righteousness. Romans 6, 12 to 13 tells you set your members as, do not set them as instruments of unrighteousness, but set them as instruments of righteousness. And I say that because if you think about your body, your mind, your eyes, your mouth as an instrument of righteousness, then you are careful about the things that you watch. Then you're careful about the things that you listen to because these members that you see, they are instruments of righteousness. And so I will not subject them to things that do not glorify God. I will not subject them to things that can hamper my devotion, right? So having that mindset um, will help. Having that mindset would help in, 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 in you know, having your face set as a flint, right? Um, and it goes without saying, be serious about your devotion to learning God's word because what the devil is after is your conviction, your faith. He will come at you and try to twist the word of God in your heart. But you being someone that has spent time in the word of God, you're able to resist that. Um, what Bible verse? Um, the one for being steadfast is 1 Peter 5, 9. 1 Peter 5, 9. Uh, the one for setting your members as instruments of righteousness is Romans 6, 12 to 13. Romans 6, 12 to 13. Set your members, every part of you. My hands are instruments of righteousness. And so I will not lift my hands to fight. My eyes are instruments of righteousness. And so I will not subject them to things that don't glorify God. My ears are instruments of righteousness. I will not subject them to things that don't glorify God. So set your members as instruments of righteousness. Um, again, it goes without saying, like I was saying, you know, be devoted to learning God's word. The devil is after your understanding. That is why Paul prayed and says that the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light because it's important. Take time, set alarm if you have to. Be consistent, stay there. It is not about how you feel. It's not about your feelings. Uh, Pastor usually says this, as a uh, Pastor Emmanuel Aaron, you say, your feelings will catch up. Do it. Your feelings will catch up. Do it. Your feelings will catch up. Be serious about your devotion to your prayer life. That is number four, I presume. Be serious about your devotion to prayer life. Uh, yeah, to your prayer life. That's James 5, 16b. Like, you know, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Um, and then finally, I'll just, the last is guard your space with all you've got. Guard your space with all you've got. And this has worked wonders for me personally, personally, has worked wonders for me. Um, guard your space, create, create the right environment for you. Don't leave it to chance. And I know that it's easier for some people who stay alone. For example, I stay alone. Um, yes, praise says you can um, start by coming for cardio. Um, yeah, start by coming for cardio. Um, so guard the space that you... It might be hard, easier for, you know, those of us that stay alone, you know, I can always play this all day and because I have control, it might be harder for you or some people who 
Maybe you're living with a number of people, right? But you can still gadget. Thank God we have AirPods, earphones now. Gadget, create that environment. Curate, curate your music. Curate your music. It's not everything goes. It's not everything that goes. Again, it is not, no matter how innocuous the the, the the music can be. Oh, they're not talking about vulgar things. I should be, it's just this, this. My sister, my brother, curate it, curate it. Because you want things that constantly edify you. You want things that constantly create a yearning within you to pray. Constant That constantly creates, helps you be conscious of the fact that you have the spirit of God inside of you. So curate it. Again, curate, curate, curate. Play sermons in the background. Play it. Whether you listen or you're not, or you not, or you don't, you find that you listen. You find that the words of your mouth they are they are in alignment. You find that your thoughts, your meditations, are in alignment. Play sermons. The reason why sometimes you are praying and you're thinking of something that doesn't even care makes sense it's just because of the things that we've added in our in our space constantly. You know, I remember one time I was one 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 analogy that that the Holy Spirit gave me was show. Okay, in this place where you live, if it's just the two of us. You can hear me, right? I was like, yes, I can hear you. Now, imagine if there are like 100 people that come into this space. Even if I'm talking, would you still be able to hear me? And it was a clear no. Why? Because there are so many people around saying their things, talking their own. And so you can't hear me. And so that is the mindset you should have. That is the mindset you should have. You want your mind just focused and sober on God. All right. So I, I hope this helps. I hope this helps us one with realigning our understanding of devotion, our commitment to it, knowing that we should not set a limit, knowing that we can go as far as the spirit would allow us go, knowing that there's an expectation of us, knowing that the devil is not going to sit idle, knowing that we can identify, spot it from a mile away and act accordingly and knowing that we should guard our space and create a right environment for the word of God. And, and I pray that as we, as we think about this, you know, we are able to make changes, make the right changes. You know the changes you should make. You know the things you should let go. Do them. You would, you, I can bet you, you would not regret it. There's nothing outside. <laughs> There's nothing outside. Um, and you'd be glad you did. You would, you would see it you would see it. Um, I'll stop here. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that blesses you. I apologize. I probably went a little out of bit. Um, I should have left a few minutes for questions, but I guess if anybody has questions, this is just a good place to ask. Can we just say a quick prayer before we do that? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for, for everything you have said. We see, 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 we see. And in the name of Jesus, um, we are strengthened to make the right changes. We are strengthened to go even deeper. We are strengthened to not be inhibited by anything. We are strengthened to not be, to, to not, not let anything meddle, you know, in our, in our devotion. We are strengthened to be even sharper. We are strengthened to set our faces as a flint. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for in Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you. 
a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you'll find the link to the website there. We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.